<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. Good to have you with us. Special Counsel John Durham spent almost six hours on Capitol Hill yesterday testifying before the House Judiciary Committee, taking questions from Republicans and Democrats, including the known pathological liar, screenwriter, and Senate hopeful Congressman Adam Schiff. Schiff, who aspired to be a screenwriter in Hollywood, has since 2017 run with the narrative that President Trump colluded with Russia even promising for two years that he had seen the evidence, even though President Trump has been fully exonerated. Here is Schiff back in 2017 on MSNBC with Chuck Todd. It, it's a circum, all you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now, so... Um, again, I think so you Director have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion. Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. So uh, that is what we ought to do. It turns out Schiff knew back then there was no such thing as Russian collusion, but still to this day insists there was. Here is Schiff yesterday in his exchange with John Durham that Don Jr. was informed that a Russian official was offering the Trump campaign, quote, very high-level and sensitive information, unquote, that would be incriminating of Hillary Clinton was part of, quote, Russia and its government support of Mr. Trump. Are you aware of that? Sure. People get phone calls all the time from uh, individuals who claim to have information like that. Really, the son of a presidential candidate gets calls all the time from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent? Is that what you're saying? I don't think this is unique in your experience. Uh, so you, uh, you have other instances of the Russian government offering dirt on uh, a presidential candidate to the presidential candidate's son. Is that what you're saying? Would you repeat the question? Uh, you said that it's not uncommon to get offers of help from a hostile foreign government in a presidential campaign directed at the president's son. You really stand by that, Mr. Durham? I'm saying that, it, that people can make phone calls um, making uh, claims uh, all the time that you may have experienced. Are you really trying to diminish the significance of what happened here and the secret meeting that the president's set, son set up in Trump Tower to receive that incriminating information? Are you trying to diminish the significance of that, Mr. Durham? I'm not trying to diminish it at all, but I think the more complete story is that they met and it was a ruse and they didn't talk about Mrs. Clinton. Uh, and... and you think it's insignificant that he had a secret meeting with the Russian delegation for the purpose of getting dirt on Hillary Clinton, and the only disappointment expressed in that meeting was that the dirt they got wasn't better. You don't think that's significant? I don't think that that was a well-advised thing to do. Oh, no. oh, not, not well-advised. Right. Well, that's, that's the understatement of the year. So you think it's perfectly appropriate or, or maybe just ill-advised? for a presidential campaign to secretly meet with a Russian delegation to get dirt on their opponent, you would merely say that's inadvisable? 
Yeah, if you're asking me what I do, and I, don't, I hope I wouldn't do it, but it's, it was not illegal. Uh, it, was, it was stupid, foolish, ill-advised. Well, it, it is illegal to conspire to get uh, incriminating opposition research from a hostile government that is of financial value to a campaign. Wouldn't that violate campaign laws? I don't know. I don't know all those facts to be true. And that brings us to the Great America Show quote of the day from writer and Nobel Prize winner John Steinbeck. He said, quote, power does not corrupt, fear corrupts, perhaps the fear of a loss of power, end quote. Schiff also fears a censure vote in the House, which could be coming any day. Also, representative of the Marxist Dems, Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana. Johnson asked Durham, did the Trump campaign collude with Russia? Um, You wrote in your report, quote, based on the evidence gathered in the multiple exhaustive and costly federal investigations of these matters, including the instant investigation, neither U.S. law enforcement nor the intelligence community appears to have possessed any actual evidence of collusion in their holdings at the commencement of the crossfire investigation. To date, has any evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia ever been uncovered? I mean, there is, there is information, obviously, in the um, report that was prepared by Director Mueller uh, and whatnot. But as uh, to collusion or conspiracy, I'm not aware of any. And, and, when, and, and let me stop you. When the FBI opened Crossfire Hurricane, that's the issue at hand, it did not have any information that anyone in the Trump campaign had ever been in contact with Russian intelligence officials. Isn't that right? As we wrote in, as we wrote in the, um, uh, the report talked to the director of the CIA, the deputy director of the CIA, the director of NSA, um, uh, and people within the uh, FBI, and there was no such information that they had in their holdings at the time they opened Crossfire Hurricane. The Marxist Dems and Deep State have politically persecuted President Trump since 2016, and they're still at it. And weak-kneed Republicans have done nothing to stop the madness. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden, avoiding jail time this week, settling tax fraud and gun charges that would have carried three years in jail for most anyone not named Biden. Joe and Jill Biden released the following statement yesterday through the White House spokesman Ian Sams, saying, quote, The president and first lady love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. We'll have no further comment. End quote. And joining us now with comment is Senator Marsha Blackburn, who's not pleased with the Biden regime's conduct. Senator, great to have you with us. Let's start with, if we may, the Hunter Biden sweetheart deal, as you described it in your remarks in the Senate. Your thoughts about that DOJ deal. What this does, it's kind of like throwing fuel on the fire. I have talked to so many Tennesseans, Lou, that say, look, there's just two tiers of justice. And there are people that are beginning to come out that are talking about people that had the same firearms charge and they're in prison. And Hunter Biden gets a slap on the rest. No jail time, no penalties. It's just saying basically you're guilty of this, you've pled guilty of this, and you're absolved of the matter. And people really do see this as two tiers of justice. It is frustrating to them. Uh, They want equal treatment, equal justice, equal access. 
And when you have President Trump being treated in the manner he is being treated and Hillary Clinton treated one way and private citizens one way and Hunter Biden another way over similarly situated instances, it just really angers people. And there's really not much that can be done about it right now by the Senate, by the House, is there? The, the House will be able to take some action. They will continue the investigation into Hunter Biden and Biden Incorporated with the family, the alleged bribes and that scheme. Um, I think with the Durham report coming out, you're probably going to see something else focus on Hillary Clinton and how they went about paying for Russia collusion. Uh, that was done by her campaign. And that wouldn't surprise me to see every bit of this take place because people are just incensed. And Lou, the thing is, it's not just Republicans. I'm hearing from a lot of libertarians. I'm hearing from Democrats that are just saying, hey, wait a minute. This is a bit too much. And as one Democrat told me, he said, look, you know, I voted for Joe Biden. I supported him. I supported Hillary Clinton. But he had read the Durham report and he said, you know, if I were in Donald Trump's shoes and for six years, every day I was hearing how I had done all these things that were so terrible. He said, I wonder how I would have acted and how I would have responded and the impact that that would have had on me personally and on my family. And he said, you know, that was something that he had thought a lot about because he had been very harsh with Donald Trump because he had believed that Russia collusion was true. And then he found out it was indeed false. Yeah, it's 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 an extraordinary moment. Uh, the the judiciary, the Senate Judiciary Committee, the hearings, and I want to compliment you if I may. Uh, your your direct uh, questioning of FBI Deputy Director Paul Abate uh, was uh, stringent and and powerful, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, his responses were a disgrace, in my opinion, as you pointed out to him in your own uh, very kind and polite way. Uh, it, it's just uh, to see such arrogance on the part of public servants in the federal government, is it's just disgusting, isn't it? It is uh, disgusting. And the FBI, the FBI has many people who are just such incredible, trustworthy, wonderful servants, public servants of this country. They work every day to uphold the Constitution and the rule of law. And then to have that work tainted by this political cabal that has sprung up within the DOJ and the FBI. And people who think they can use their position and their power to help their friends and to hurt their enemies and to further the cause of the Democratic Party's agenda and to push forward their candidates. And it is something that just incenses people. As somebody at church this weekend said to me, who do these people think pays their salary? Yeah, which is really true. You know, it's the taxpayer. And the taxpayer expects them to be fair. The taxpayer does not want them to put their hands on the scale of justice. 
But at the same time, we're all getting quite used to the FBI's arrogance and its indifference to what was once uh, customary integrity and the stuff of legend, really. The FBI uh, and the leadership, uh, the leadership from top to bottom is rancid with corruption, political corruption, uh, without a doubt. Uh, I find it hard to believe that the FBI is even, uh, if we're even capable of rehabilitating the agency, your thoughts on that? I do believe that we can rehabilitate the agency, but I do believe it is going to take a Republican president with a very strong vice president who looks at these issues and looks at these agencies, whether it's the IRS or the DOJ or the FBI or the EPA or the Department of Education and says it is time to overhaul the federal government. It is time that we reshape these departments. It is time that we look at civil service and the number of jobs that are needed and how we're going to use technology. And I think it would be a very good thing if the legislation I filed last Congress and still have, that we begin to move these federal agencies outside of Washington, D.C. and place them closer to the people that they are there to serve. You know, I think that is a brilliant idea and a concept that uh, every Republican should get behind. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. We're talking with Senator Marsha Blackburn. We're going to continue our conversation in just moments right after these quick words from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now talking with Senator Marsha Blackburn. Senator, I would like to turn, if we may, to foreign policy. Antony Blinken, our Secretary of State, uh, failing even to restart U.S.-China military-to-military communications during his trip. He basically looked like he was taking orders uh, from the from the CCP, uh, getting his orders to take back to Washington. Uh, your thoughts on the trip and what was not accomplished and what should be? You mentioned the military-to-military conversations, and the Chinese have chosen not to restart that because they are intent on global domination by the time we get to 2050. They are very aggressively building their navy. Uh, They have just entered into this agreement with Cuba. And of course, a naval port is going to uh, find its way there on Cuba's shores. 
And this is something that is not good for us. So you've got the spy balloon, you've got the Cuba spy station that is there. You've got the Cubans doing a training facility with the Chinese right there. And Anthony Blinken says nothing about this. And he comes away without any admission of guilt from the Chinese. And then he acquiesces and stumbles and fumbles on how the U.S. looks at one China policy in Taiwan. And basically, it kind of, you know, dust his hands off, throws them up in the air and says, we support one China policy. We support one China. And I think, how does, how is this received by Taiwan? Is they really want to be recognized as independent and sovereign? And we all know. Taiwan declared their independence. They have an independence day. They have a president. They have a parliament. They have a military. They do their own trade deals. They do not want to be overtaken and overrun by China. But the CCP is intent not only on taking Taiwan, but all of the Pacific Island nations. They're intent on continuing to bully uh, the Philippines and a push against New Zealand and Australia. This is all part of their game plan. They like branching out to the Horn of Africa and to Djibouti, where, by the way, they have. Uh, they went in to help uh, increase capacity at their ports so that they could import goods to the Djiboutans. And next thing you know, they had a naval base in that port. So you see how they move, not only in their region, but how they're branching out. And now we see they're doing this with Cuba. So Blinken uh, is just, he came away basically with nothing, except he was successful in displaying the weakness of Joe Biden in this administration. And glaringly so. Uh, Secretary Blinken saying point blank that the United States no longer will support independence for Taiwan, reversing what President Biden had uh, said only nine months ago, that we would defend Taiwan. Where, what must the Taiwanese think? What are all our allies thinking at this very moment? If I were one of our allies, I would be thinking, who is really calling the shots there? Because the president, not once but twice in um, the recent past, has said that we would defend and stand with Taiwan. And you must have the Taiwanese and others of our allies looking at what happened in Afghanistan and wondering who we do consider to be an adversary and who we consider to be an ally. And they're probably looking at this nefarious relationship between Russia, Iran, North Korea, and China, what I call the new axis of evil. Mm -hmm. And they must be saying, where do we fit in this picture? And if we needed the U.S. to defend us, would they come or would they sit on their hands and do nothing? And in our hemisphere, uh, the Monroe Doctrine, uh, President Obama tried to dismiss it. He did en enfeeble the Monroe Doctrine. But now we once again have uh, Havana and Beijing 
talking about a spy facility. They're negotiating it, billions of dollars, and U.S. sovereignty at stake. We're looking at a Cuban missile crisis all over again. Certainly, that's a possibility. Your thoughts? And uh, it comes at the time when the U.S. Coast Guard has just uh, halted their security patrols that they have conducted out of Gitmo there in uh, Cuba. And this has been their, their longest serving mission, and they ended it on June 13th in case the colors. And it is of tremendous concern to me that just as we halt that mission, that you have the Chinese picking up their pace in Cuba right there off our shores. Is that reversible? It is going to take a a win for the White House, a win for the U.S. Senate and holding the U.S. House in order to reverse this. Well, we know what we need to do, and we know we've got a great uh, representative and Senator Blackburn to, to do just that. Uh, Senator, we always appreciate your time and all that you're doing for the Republic. Thanks for being with us here on The Great America Show. You got it. Take care. Bye now. That's all for us today. Our guest here tomorrow will be Republican strategist and pollster John McLaughlin with the latest on the Republican presidential candidates and President Biden's collapse in the polls. Please join us for that. Until then, thanks, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America.